Blog Talk Radio.
morning. Good morning. It's a fantastic Friday with Jazzy Sterling Powell and Sonny on Loudmouth Radio. And today we actually had to start this show with something just completely upbeat um, because as, as all of our listeners know around the world, today's live show is dedicated to the Orlando victims. And we're really taking this as a pride, not prejudice, Freedom Friday conversation. And uh, as a network, it is always a blessing to be able to be on air and uh, have an opportunity to speak freely in regards to the things that's going on in our world. And for all of those who may have been listening, normally, yes, we have our show come in and we kind of get started and get chopped right into the uh, conversation. But I thought it was important that uh, this particular song, We Are One by one of our favorite DJs, DJ Black Coffee, um, start us off with a message that should resonate around the world because we are one. It's important that we as a community and as a people come together, especially in a time like this. And uh, coming into this show, I wanted to um, really start off on a high beat because it's been extremely difficult over the last few days um, to not feel angry and not to feel the pressures of what has been taking place in our community. And uh, as a producer, I want to uh, take this time to just say thank you to each and every one around the world that has been praying for everyone. And uh, we we thank you so much for taking the time to tune in with us today. So we're going to go ahead and start off this show uh, with always a blessing with our host today, Jazzy Sterling. Good morning, guys. Happy, fantastic Friday. Good morning, ladies. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm so happy that we're all alive. I know. Isn't it? You really don't realize you really don't realize um what you have, even if that's life, until your life or until something that you have is threatened. And, you know, of course everybody's been talking about it, everybody's been you know, it's been on all of the media, it's been on Okay. Jazz Sterling you're there. And every Yeah, we're here. Oh, I'm sorry. Jazzy, just kind of out for a second. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So you know, since I've got, since this has happened, actually, period. But it makes you more aware. Your senses become more aware when you wake up in the morning. I woke up this morning. And I'm like, I'm alive. I can walk. I can breathe. I can see my family. I can speak on the radio show today. And so it makes you so grateful. So I'm grateful to you, my my host and my co-host on this show, and I'm grateful for the listeners that have already tuned in and are waiting to talk and and be a part of our show today. So happy Friday once again. We're alive, and I love you all. And I love you. We're happy, you know, (laughs) to be here too. Um, uh, You know, it's amazing, like you said, Jazzy, that, you know, I woke up this morning, and, you know, I have my three little, little faces staring at me, and, I had gone out into the park to walk the dogs, and I, I, you know, I have been kind of blanking out, kind of a blackout on media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just could not take it anymore. The last yeah. few days, yeah. I've been budgeting my time listening to the news because I just wanted to be outside more and enjoy the world. Exactly. It can become over-stimulating. Um, it, it rem- this reminds me, we've had so many. Unfortunately, in the last eight years, we've had so very many 
shootings. And, of course, again, everyone that's listening, of course, we are media, we are a radio network, and so we do have to cover cover um, the events, the current events that happen in our world and in our uh, communities, so we do have to talk about this. Unfortunately, it has been so heavy that, like Sterling said, you do have to pull back. You have to pull back from it because it overtakes you, and then it you you really um, experience a post traumatic stress disorder type of syndrome that goes over you. You don't you know you become afraid, you become fearful, you become depressed, and so the today yeah. hopefully is not that that will take place, but somehow we can come together as a community, as a network. Um, as hosts together, we're living all in different places. And, you know, I remember when it happened, Sterling, we were so, you know, crazy because we knew from last week's show that you and Robin and, and the babies and Curtis were going to meet up in Ocala uh, for Pride, and then this happens. And so we were worried on your way back. You know, so it sends this woo, this wave that goes through. But we do have to talk about it, and hopefully we'll have um, some guests in. We were directly affected with um Sunny has some very close friends friends that she hasn't seen in a while but they were um affected by this one fatality and one that is recovering prayerfully in the hospital so we do want to send out love and and encouragement to all of the families that were directly affected by this cuz it's it's so sad um and we want them to know that we're sending love and light um into their their surroundings, as well as to comfort those that were indirectly affected, which is all of us. Absolutely. Well, and we just I'll... can't, you know, um, we'll get to a Cal of Pride because it was the family picnic was absolutely beautiful, and I do want to tell you about that. But as we're on this note, you know, I want to continue, you know, where you just have to be so thankful for every day that we wake up and that we are still on this earth and with all of our uh, with all of our friends because it just goes to show that you can be out and it doesn't matter where it is whether it's a nightclub a church uh, anywhere and it can all be exactly. taken away in an instant and yes. so we really have to be so thankful and we live in such a one, we live in such wonderful times because here I am I'm actually you know kind of in or you know here I am in St. Petersburg sunny St. Petersburg uh, mm-hmm. and I'm able to talk to the people in Atlanta uh, so easily <laughs> yes. and the technology and part of that technology is what I wanted to get to is part the fact that everyone knows what we do so instantly and that we have the internet to access media uh, you know from around the world has contributed so much to so much of what is going on in our world today and we have to really like I said budget it not only for our children but for ourselves and get back to you know just enjoying the simple pleasures of life and enjoying just being alive and being outside, hugging the person and loving the person next to you. Uh, This just woke me up to so many different parts of what's going on. And it's uh, it's amazing that uh, it takes a tragedy, uh, you know, something this horrific 
to do that someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of times you we really do get um, ordinary. Let me put it that way. You know, everything is the routine of things. This is how we do it. This is and and like you said, we'll be at the table. Um, we're getting better, but we'll be at a table eating lunch or dinner or whatever, and everybody at the table is on their phone, and we're all snapping right. pictures of the, the food, and, you know, we're sending it instead of enjoying the food, instead of enjoying each other, <laughs> you know, we're on the phones, and, and some of that is good. Some of that is a wonderful shared experience, and, you know, we we are thankful for technology because we wouldn't have the show if we didn't. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things, like you said, Sterling, you do um, have to take that moment in the day, the moment, not even the whole day, just that one moment to say, you know what, Sterling, I love you, um, or how are the kids or how are the babies doing, you know, to really genuinely find out about the care and how is your heart today? Are you in, are you in joy? Are you distressed? You know, whatever that may be. We simply get ordinary. And so today this is, you know, this time last year we were doing the No Ordinary Love Mask wedding um, ceremonies and the campaign for equality. And and this one and, and the one before it and the week before and the day before and the tragedy before, you know, all over the world. So it's it's so important that we do take time and just be and be present. So um, yeah, yeah, you know. I know it's a yeah. It's one of those yeah moments, like yeah. It's it's so, so you know. It's like and like you said, I, and I want to tell you, both Sunny and and Jazzy, I love you guys, and you know, I'm here with Robin. Um, hey, Robin. Like, <laughs> she hears you. She's in another room. We're we're at, You know how you never know what we're doing when we're doing the show. And sometimes I I know that Sunny writes me. They put the dishes down. Do be quiet. <laughs> Because I'm I'm doing three things at the same time, where you can hear the the babies in the background as I hold the. Uh, the mic to myself, uh, but uh, today we're at one of the more prominent people in uh, St. Petersburg's home, actually, and I'm Whoa, sitting in the dining room broadcasting. Awesome. You know what? It doesn't matter where we broadcast, as long as we come on the show, and on that note, I will take out whatever you want to talk about that is in a positive note. Today, I promise you, I will take over the controls of the switchboard, though you remember I don't do it so well, um, because we want to talk about, even in even in the midst of what has gone on um, in Orlando, as well as across the world, um, that may be a sad moment. Somehow we today, this is my desire, that we pull out the positive and then we pull out some encouragement because really and truly that is what's needed. So you will hear us talk about love a lot today. That's because of the time and, and the space that we're in. But if you want to call in, please do at 347-826-7520. Press the one if you want to speak. And if you don't, just hang in there and listen, um, interject when you feel like and Let us know who you are, where you're calling from if you choose to do so. Um, we like to know where our listeners are. 
but we welcome you to the show. So uh, that's my little note. I'm drinking coffee. Let me let, let y'all know this note. Remember last week when uh, the producer kept telling me to turn off the fan because I was flashed. It's the same thing today, but I'm not going to turn on the fan. I just want you to know I am sweating profusely. So if my phone shuts down, it's because it's wet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, my so God, we actually, the sweat. Yes, we actually well, Lucilla, had, um, You know what, Jazzy, I want you to know that Miss Alicia's, I mean, you're not alone. Miss Alicia's, <laughs> her, her AC just went out, too. And they came uh, to give her an estimate, and oh my God, it's, to get AC today in your house, it's incredibly expensive. I mean, just a box outside, four thousand dollars. Yeah. Another. See, this is what another yeah. nineteen hundred dollars for the unit, and I mean six thousand dollars. I'm like, yes, ah. yes. People have thing. no clue. I'm I'm about yeah. ready to stand outside on the corner with a cup, saying, "Please help me." You know, it's at that point. <laughs> it's at that point. But you know what? The beautiful thing is, is you know, we um, we're very transparent. We're very, um, hey, this is what we have. This is what we can do. We are a wonderful network that works on our own. We're not syndicated, and you know, we're grateful because that's three years in the running to work independently, as well as. You know, I run an outreach ministry, and we do everything by donations. We do everything by the gifts and the hearts of the people. And so sometimes $6,000 is just not laying around um, yet. I'm telling we're, you. We're getting there. We're, we're very appreciative to all of our sponsors, all of our media partners, and those that want to see this radio network be successful in our community, in our global community. But, honey, when the air conditioner man told us the big price, we said, "Can we, can we get it in parts? Can we just break that down?" <laughs> you know. So, so we're almost there. We're almost there. But I'm telling you, I have lost so much weight. I don't have to join the gym. I don't have to do the sauna because the baby in the studio, we are inflamed. And so, you know, we work three different businesses from one set. So. Uh, yeah, so when the outreach ministry, the radio um, is doing its own thing, and then events is doing its own thing with no no air. So if I sweat, I'm so glad y'all can't see me. I'm glad we're not running behind the scenes like my TV <laughs> right now because this just kind of sad. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, so um, in your area right now, um, what is the temps like where you are? The temperature here? Yes. Or the temperature in the sense of the community and what's going on. Are you talking about the actual weather? Actually, it's kind of muggy. Actually, it's kind of muggy and hot, but it's still, you know, it's always sunny, sunny on the on the sunny side of the street. You guys just had some really bad rains a few weeks ago, though. Yeah, we're we're about to get a rain. I I feel that we're going to get a rain today. I think there's a, a high chance of rain today. But uh, overall, um, it's just hot and muggy. We're, we're already, you know, we're in June, and you and we're, I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. And, honey, I know I'm in Florida. I mean, I know oh, I'm yes. here. It's oh, hot, yes. Okay? And, but you know what? I'd rather be hot and alive and sweating either here in Atlanta than in the, in the boat that a lot of these families are feeling in the aftermath of Orlando. So, so yeah, I was gonna ask. It's, 
You know what, um, Sterling, I got to ask you a question because, like Jazzy mentioned a, a year ago, almost this time, we were preparing for St. Petersburg's Pride, which is coming up um, at the end of the month. And what is the, I want to ask you, what is the, uh, the, the space right now as far as, um, you know, kind of the conversation amongst the community with the heightened uh, sense of um, threats, possibly? You know, what, what, how is the community, um, well, you know, preparing for Pride the, down there? Yesterday, both Mayor, um, Mayor Kreisman and Chief Holloway held a press conference and uh, addressed security at Pride and um, asked and said that Pride will go on here in St. Petersburg uh, next weekend. It starts basically, uh, actually there's events all week, um, and I, I have one of those I want to talk about. But it's that Pride, the Pride Parade and the Pride Festival will still go on. The parade will go on in the evening. Uh, they they had talked about switching it to daytime. But uh, it's, it's basically that we're going to let love win and not let hate take over and scare us into changing any of the plans, and they will uh, heighten security as much as they can. And you and I both know this is not, you know, I mean, addressing this, this is not something new. We live in a world that where we uh, have a, a violent society. And, you know, whether it what and what this week brought to the forefront is how violent it can be and what can happen with an individual that is very unstable. So, right. you know, I feel that pride needs to go on. We have to do. We have to keep living. You know, you can't you can't stop. You know, we forget that lynchings went on in the South. For hundreds of years, and mm-hmm. and, yes, and hundreds and hundreds of black men were hung, and and people were dragged out of their houses. This is not the first tragedy in America. It's tragic that it's still happening, with yes. all the freedoms and the great war and the great country we have today. But this is not the first time atrocities have happened in America since exactly. the beginning of this Absolutely. nation. Remember, it is because the British Empire and the British King George suppressed us is the reason that we had a revolution in the first place and that mm-hmm. we have our nation. So That's this true. is not the first time that, you know, oppression and fear and terror has been in this country. We've had it the whole time, but we've fought it. With the American, you know, colonial spirit, we've taken everything from the fact that our, our initial freedom to the rights of the, we fought a civil war to give the rights to the blacks, we fought suffrage to give the rights to women, we've had all kinds of ways to fight back to make this country more equal. And that's what we have to do. Love has to win. We have to continue that battle and not let the evil um, take over. I mean, it's not like this hasn't been out there. That's so true. I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, it, it has been 
you know, people have made this almost propaganda when it, you know, this is the worst tragedy in American history. And, that, you know, and so here comes everybody to say, you know, well, what about this group? What about that group? What about this incident? What about, and granted, granted, I think that, um, you know, it, it, you're right. They're right when it comes down to, no, this is not necessarily the worst. Um, this is not the biggest. This isn't, you know, Stonewall. People, pe- gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer people. Phew, I got it all in. Um, they have been targeted since anybody has known that they were or found out that they were. They've been brutally killed. They've been, you know, tortured. They've been taunted. And so, granted, it is not new. What I would like to say though publicly because I can is that it's not about has it been done worse let's not focus on though it may not be the biggest or the most it is yet still a tragedy and to honor ourselves in a loving space to honor those that have lost lives and the families that are devastated behind it is really truly the point. I don't I don't have to dismiss one event as if it is worse or better because somebody else got hurt. That would be like saying, um, I'm going to dismiss the fact that you got honored in an award because somebody else got one. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I think Absolutely. um I think, Sterling, you're absolutely right when it comes down to the fact that we cannot live our life in terror. I must admit that I am fearful. We um, had to go to North Carolina uh, to visit family. Uh, My mother, for many of you that don't know, is an old lady. She old, y'all. She old. She was born, and she will tell me, in 1928. And so... um, you know, she her her mind is going, and for me, actually, on this pride and prejudice, not prejudice note, um, it's a good thing for me in the sense that she doesn't remember to hate my gay self, or you know, my finger polish wearing self, or or any of the things that religion has taught her was um, a condemnation and a judgment banning to hell. So. She's in that forgetful place, and so when she sees me, she recognizes me, but she forgets me in the next second. So she's a very sweet, nice little lady to to me right now and to Sunny and I. And so we went home, and our kids came in from Colorado, and that's, excuse me, that's a rarity because, you know, it's a 26-hour drive. And so they drove in with the kids, and we were all together. And let me just tell you, to be in that midst of a loving Jazz? Um, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so to be in a, a loving space within family, your own blood family, in an LGBTQ um, relationship is not always the best. You know, oftentimes you get just as worse hit. Um, you get terrorized in your own family without being killed. And unfortunately, some, some are. Some are put out. Some are facing all of these things in their home. So, but nevertheless, we were in a loving situation. 
and then this happened. And so to hear our son, Jermaine Jones, and I often mention him on the show, but to hear him um, say that this was wrong, to hear our cousin, who's like a little niece, young, say this is wrong. It's not about sexuality. It's about humanity. And to hear, you know, my sister um, say that this is wrong. And these are these are views that we were not raised with. And to, But to, to know love won even in our own family, and to know that we were supported and to know that we were together. But the fear of being in North Carolina with the laws that were passed in North Carolina, just Sonny going to the bathroom was freaking me out. I was in a state of panic because here this terror has happened, and here my wife, who sometimes is confused for a man, um, because as black women and, and Hispanics a lot of times, we have extra hair. My mother has more a, a beard deeper than some of the men I know. I mean, seriously. Um, so I was terrified. And so t- for me, I'm having to adapt and I'm having to adjust to go out into public and to, you know, to be okay and to feel somewhat safe that, you know, society is not going to kill me for being gay or for being a woman or for being black. And so it's just... It's terror. It's like living in terror. And Jazz, we do have someone that wants to speak to us. Um, call you live. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hey, good morning, guys. This is Danny. How you doing? Hey, Dr. Danny. What's going hey, on? Danny, calling what's from up? Uh, Georgia, of course. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, Thanks for great. that. I had you up that you guys were on. I appreciate it. Uh, definitely, I just wanted to tune in and hear this. Um, I, I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about love because at the bottom line, we could all talk about what, what was so wrong. Um, but the the, uh, the problem is everybody's talking about what's wrong and no one's understanding what the real solution is, which is love. Even loving the people who do this kinds of massacres and sort of things, understanding mm-hmm. that uh, true love doesn't, you know, th- th- this person comes from a world that that um, we don't know, we don't understand. We don't, uh, sometimes we don't understand why people do the things that they do, why they're driven by hate. A lot of times it's self-hate, and a lot of these people are hating themselves before they actually do these mass killings. So why are they where they are? And, and, and honestly, it comes down to that one word, that four-letter word, that love, the love that they've never got, the love that they're seeking but can't find, the love that, the love of, you know, of the fear of rejection if they become mm-hmm. themselves or their true selves or their true nature. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, if we love on these people, if we love on our neighbors, the more uh, maybe some, some of them won't turn because I think that it becomes a place in a lot of people's mental space where they're like, I don't care anymore because no one cares this way. So why right. do I care? Why do I then make make it a point? I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't. I can't gather or fathom any kind of feeling of going out or waking up and saying, "This is what I'm going to do this day," you know. And this is, you know, I'm going to take as many. But Danny, you know, it's, it's self hate. Mm-hmm. It's self hate, Danny. It's like you yeah. know, the shooter. That's been It's been it's it's, it's, spoken. It's, yeah. yeah, people that knew him said how awkward he was in society, and yeah. you know, when yeah. you're struggling internally with something, right. you're really not feeling whole and complete it makes it challenging for you to understand or have empathy for others. So when you're driven Absolutely. by anger and hate, this is the type of reactions of things that take place. This is really no different than a man that's yeah. busting up a woman aside her head or, you know, a, a parent that's beating on their children. 
It's just that right. it's at a broader scale. They took it into a public domain, and and it was a relentless, Absolutely. calculated situation. And you know, I I have to say that you know I, I've you know when Jazzy first started the extra show today, and um, I don't know if you heard when we first came on, but I had to play something upbeat and really allow that energy to resonate coming into the broadcast. Mm-hmm. But right. you know, one of the toughest things that I think about. Um, you know, not even seven, eight months ago, Jazz and I were in Orlando, ran into someone mm-hmm. that asked us to support her and, and come see her perform. We went to Pulse. So it's been mm-hmm. years before that incident yes. that I had been at, mm-hmm. at, at Pulse. It's been a, a long time, mm-hmm. but what, what struck a chord with me um, that sent chills up and down my spine is I had to just take a moment and reflect from you know, being in this community, for one, um, you know, I remember in the height of me as an entertainer performing and doing lip sync and being in these types of clubs and these types of environments and, you know, being a part of an entourage of people, you know, uh, Monty St. James, who, you know, has and always will be considered my gay dad that took me in and, you know, and loved on me and created an entire... And and what Mm -hmm. people don't understand Mm -hmm. is when people say family... Families, gay families, uh, there's subcultures that underline, you know, this infrastructure so deep to where people have not been exposed to this culture. They don't understand that family Mm -hmm. from a gay community means because most times my immediate personal blood family has rejected me, has outcast me, and I don't have the ability to connect with my family members. So we become a part of these subcultures. So clubs and environments like Pulse become a safe haven for what we feel to know or understand to be a place where I can be myself and be accepted by other people who are in that same and space. And I don't have to yourself. Yes. And I don't have to explain why I'm dancing with this person, why I'm dressed like this, or why I feel to, to, to be standing here throwing bubbles in the air and I got feathers in my head. Right. You know, you're just free to be as creative and as profound in your spirit that you want to be. And so I, I, I really took, you know, it, it, it took so much out of me to where I was like, okay, first and foremost, a friend of mine in St. Pete's brother was killed. So, you know, I don't even know if Sterling, I hadn't had an opportunity to really talk to him about this, but Paul Henry, his brother, Tony, longtime friends of my, friends of mine, um, his brother, Paul Henry, 41 years old, shot and killed inside of this environment, left children behind. You know, um, my very, very, I mean, Rodney Sumter, who's like my nephew, uh, Rodney was a bartender, just started working at Post two weeks ago. And it's so funny, when the news hit, I started immediately thinking about, like, who did I know in Orlando? Now, Rodney is not necessarily a part of the LGBT community, but I did remember and think about that he's a bartender. But I'm like, you know, it's far-fetched. She probably safe. You know, he is one of the people I hit up and said, Rodney, are you safe? Didn't get a response. So I think maybe the next day is when I realized that he actually was working in the um, Barr had just started working there two weeks ago. He tried to run. Rodney used to play football for University of uh, Jacksonville in Florida. And um, he actually was behind the bar. And, you know, Rodney's a model. He's, he's, his body's in excellent shape. And I, I really feel that that has been a blessing for him uh, as he's recovering. But he was shot three times, shot in both arms, broke both his arms. His arms had to be reset, you know, re- Re, uh, restructured, and he's got a scrap on his back. 
you know. So he's in extremely amount, a lot of pain, but he is still alive, and I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm. you know, it's just you just don't know. And, and, and the thing that's so funny about this community is that you have anywhere between one to six people of separation that some of us are gonna know. You know, there's millions mm-hmm. of LGBT people. But our circle is so confined yeah. that I promise you, anywhere between one to six people of, of separation, we're going to have a connection to knowing somebody else. So to have 50, you know, 49 people killed and 53 people that injured. That has affected hundreds within the, the Millions. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So it, it, it becomes... You know, and, and I still, you know, I, I, I still realize that this does not mean because it's gotten the height of awareness from a media perspective and the world is on alert now that it's going to stop or that it will not happen again. You know, of course, we don't want to see anything of this magnitude happen again. But, you know, it also makes me think about, you know, the Franklins, the Santiago's, the Bonets, the Dupree's, the St. James, all of these different houses of families that are in these clubs that are sometimes on the stages providing entertainment to the people in the club are all at high risk. You know what I mean? You can't tell me that they don't feel like, okay, now I got to look over my shoulder to go somewhere that I once at one time felt safe and don't know if this club that I go in today, that this won't happen, you know, and that's a hell of a way to have to to coexist when you already have a society that is... But don't you feel, what's interesting to me, Sonny, is that we're talking about this now, and I go back, and recently, Robin and I attended Tales of Transformation. It was the story of Heather Fontaine's life, who is one of the number one drag queens in this country, or a female impersonator, entertainer. She calls herself a queen, too. I want her, I invited her to be on next week for our Pride show because her her life story was so interesting. But something where you're talking, I her and I have felt like this most of our life, Sonny. This is what yeah. is interesting, you know. And this is what had this this recent uh, shooting only took away a, a a false sense of security. And I want to say yes, that right. again, he had a false sense of security. Yeah. Every day, yeah. you know, every day there, you know, we still live. You as black women, myself as a white gay male, um, you know, we have a false sense of security. This is not something that's gone away. It's only gotten better, and that pulse provided a safe haven, and now mm-hmm. yeah. it has been it has been shattered again. You know, That's like right. like um, Jazzy said, Stonewall yeah. was safe haven even yes. back in 1969. And when yes. the police came in and dragged the people out into the street that night and started Gay Pride, which we're celebrating this month, you know, mm-hmm. these th- this was just a false sense of security that this shattered. But what is wonderful, can I really quick here, because I don't want to dominate, is that to see the Eiffel Tower written up, you know, lit up with rainbow mm-hmm. colors. To see mm-hmm. the Empire State Building lit up in rainbow colors. To continuously right. hear both our vice president and president and president address our community. 
If anything mm-hmm. has changed, it's the fact that we are now part of the conversation. Years ago, and you can even remember, years ago they did not even mention African Americans other than Negroes. They didn't mention right, right. women. They didn't mention right. LBGT people. What's changed is that we are now part of the conversation. And that is the big change, and we must not forget that. And, like our caller, is the only way is to going to be, continue to reach out our hands to love one another. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Dr. Danny, I wanted to ask. Changing. That's what's changing. Our president has reached out and embraced our community, which has never happened. Reagan... You know, recently on CNN, they showed this week the 80s, and they showed what a travesty his uh, his handling of the AIDS crisis was. The oh fact that God, he never would say, the, you know, the word AIDS mm-hmm. through the almost whole exactly. time. You know, and that, you know, the many, many people, we talk about people dying, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of gay men died because of the of AIDS at the beginning of this crisis. And mm-hmm. it was because mm-hmm. of our, at that time, our country would not even say the word AIDS or HIV or homosexual or gay, none of this. It was hardly ever brought out. One of the big differences when you have Don Lemon on CNN, Andrew Anderson Cooper are both top anchors there, and they're openly mm-hmm. and they're openly gay men. Yes, they're openly yeah. gay men. I agree with you completely, Sterling. I wanted to ask Dr. Danny, are you still with us? I'm here. Okay, yeah, I wanted sorry, to ask from no, no, you're fine, Sterling. I wanted to ask um, as a retired police officer from the Atlanta um, Police Department here in Georgia. How do you feel that this, so it's a two-part question, how do you feel that this has um, opened Hello? Here. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear no, you, you said, how do you, you we didn't hear the question okay. yet, yeah, you got, you cut okay. out. Okay, so, I'm sorry, I, you know, I told you the sweat is probably running into my phone, so, <laughs> um, so, I wanted to, yeah, yeah, because it's, it, where the mics are, it's just too hot, I had to call in like a regular uh, customer, um, I guess, so, but my question is, how do you feel like going forward? And for pride events, for club events, for events involving LGBTQ um, people, how do you feel that the police department can better handle um, these type of events? And then the second part of the question is, how do you feel that the Orlando, in your opinion, how do you feel that the Orlando Police Department and SWAT team handled this particular uh, tragedy in Orlando? Um, to answer your first question, I, I just believe that being informed, obviously, police officers, uh, what, what people don't realize is that all training that officers get comes from disasters. We get trained on what happened already. So we learn from the past. We learn mm-hmm. how to deal with situations because of, you know, catastrophes such as the Orlando incident. So with this incident, of course, 
uh, I believe, and I'm pretty sure, that police departments across the country are going to better learn how to handle a situation that happens in a club, period. And that w- it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what type of club. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that will be uh, first and foremost. I think that what it comes down to is that these clubs are going to need to be held a little bit more responsible when it comes to security for their clubs. Yeah. Now, there was an yeah. off-duty police officer that was there, apparently one against an AK or any kind of assault weapon is not going to be in, in any situation right. like that. But from what I, right. And this is what I've heard, so this is not me being first-hand knowledge, but this is from what I've read and heard, that they did not have metal detectors and they did not have people patted down as they entered the club. So I think that's going to be an issue. It's going to be security. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're in a time right now where we have to do that. And a lot of people is like, well, I don't want to go to no place where I have to be. And I, then, then, then you need to stay home because I'd rather be in the place where I know that yes. they did mm-hmm. check me and make sure that I'm okay. You know yes. how many times I walked in with, with my gun forgetting that I have my weapon on me? You know, walk into a place, and I'm like, if I was crazy, you know what I mean, I can come in here and shoot this place up. Right. Again, these, these clubs and these, these, these places are going to have to get more informed and better equipped uh, to be mm-hmm. on the – on, on the uh, offensive so that we don't have to worry about the defensive. Now, to answer your second question, Orlando, too, uh, should be, again, just like all the police departments, better trained on how to handle a crisis situation. They have SWAT teams in every every state, every county pretty much has a SWAT team, and, and they know how to deal with that. But I think the local officers need to be better equipped to ha- how to deal with the situation. I give kudos to any person in blue, obviously, for going in there because they're running towards the bullets. You know, they wasn't That's running right. away. They were going That's in right. there to go ahead and, and, and handle business. And, and so I give them much praise. And one thing I want to do, which I didn't do, is just say rest in peace to all 49 that have lost their lives. Yes. 50, I believe it's 50, 51 that are recovering um, to, to, to really pay homage to them. Uh, for for being on the front line and having to go through that because you're talking about traumatic you know traumatic, traumatic stress Absolutely. and and PTSD yes. for years to traumatic. come for those people that did yes. make it out and then families yes. that have to deal with this I wanted to say that but yes. I think police departments just need to be handled and I also heard again this is not firsthand but you know that they felt like that you know the the officers and and the fire were were, were throwing shade so to speak um, in that situation. But I want people to understand that when they're in high tense situation, because I think the 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 question was they came in with these suits and they came in like not wanting to touch blood and that now I get it, you know, gay people tend to be a little bit more sensitive. But trust me, when there's a mass shooting, it don't matter who, whether it's a gay club, a straight right. club, or anything like that. People need to yeah. understand, if that was you, and you were going in there, and there's a lot of blood everywhere, you're going to go suited up as well. It's just a lot of things that go on. It That's has nothing to do with, with throwing That's just shade protection. With, yeah. with, well, yeah. Oh, they're gay, so they must be, you know, you know, they must have something. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with protecting them. How can they help you if they don't protect themselves? Even if you get on the airplane, they say, drop your, put your mask on first before you put a child's mask on. Why? Right. You have to protect right. yourself. You're going yeah. to be able to help everybody right. else. It's the same scenario. So, again, I, I wasn't there. This is the stuff that I've seen, you know, running around Facebook and on social media and all that stuff or whatever. But I just want people to be a little bit more, stop being as sensitive when it comes to certain things and understanding that. Mm-hmm. I know conscious. these officers were grabbing yeah. these guys out on top of glass, they were grabbing them out. Why? It's not because they're going to be, take the time to be gentle at that point. No, absolutely not. You have a situation where you got to get these people out of there. They have broken bones, messed up arms, you know, messed up backs. 
you know, all stomachs hanging out, the whole nine. So what are they going to do? They're not going to take the time and say, let me patch you up right here. No, let, let me get you out. Let me get you out, you out whatever way I have to. And yeah. then, right, and then we can deal with the threat. That's that's the most important right. thing. Again, I just don't want people to be as sensitive, but I think that everybody needs to be a little bit less sensitive, a little bit more informed on, on why officers and, and, and even fire personnel do the things that they do and just understand that, yes, these clubs need to be held accountable. I don't feel comfortable yeah. going into a club when I know that these people are not being checked. That's me personally. Mm-hmm. And, and you so know that I, I strap up when I'm in the club, you know, and I, I went through this whole big Facebook fight I about that, that because mm-hmm. I am a, I'm a, I'm a believer in the Second Amendment right. I'm sorry. I am. And now, no, I'm not paranoid. No, I don't go around with my finger on the trigger. None of that. Half the time I forget I have it, you know, but if something triggered, my memory, I would react. I would be there. I would I would be in that moment. Because, again, I just feel like I'd rather be on, you know, be able to be – I don't want to be defenseless. That's just me. Again, I don't expect everybody to understand that. I, You know, I didn't grow up around guns. I actually learned to love guns later. Guns don't kill people. Guns ain't the problem. It's the people. You know, I don't. I do believe that there should be a ban on assault weapons. That I do. Oh believe. My I don't God, believe that you should never have assault weapons in the hands of people who don't need them. And no one in the street – meaning civilians, need an assault weapon. We're, we're, we're not in war. We're not in a third world country where the right. war is coming to your back door. So that I don't I don't believe in that. But as far as right to bear arms, I am definitely an advocate and a supporter of that. And you know what? I wanted to take a note, and I know Sonny's going to um, send us to a break in just a few minutes, but I wanted to, to say to those that are listening, especially to Dr. Danny is one of my favorite men in the whole entire universe for so many different reasons. One, the intelligence is just ridiculous, and I just love intelligent people, but the compassion, um, being an ex-officer, but I wanted to bring how important this conversation is um, about those that were shot, about how police handle things, about guns in general. Um, and, I, and then I know we'll go to um, how our legislation and poli- uh, politicians have been handling um, the gun control um, stance that they took um, during the filibusters. And I know Sterling will talk with that in a minute. But I wanted to share just briefly um, your story because you had a similar tragedy happened to you. And so for you to be an an advocate of carrying a gun, for you to even be alive, for you to be a police, for you to do anything is a miracle. Can you just share briefly what took place to you? Because you know firsthand how this feels. Absolutely. You know, being a situation at home uh, back in 97, I was 24 years old. Um, I had a uh, a friend of mine, uh, but he was my best friend at the time. We're still close friends today, but he was my best friend. His nephew used to stay on my couch on the weekends. Uh, long story short, I didn't know, unbeknownst to me and my ex-wife, we, we didn't know that he was actually trying to sleep with my 14-year-old sister at the time. My brother, who's three years younger mm. than me, did find out, confronted the guy. They had some words, but that was the end of it that day. A couple of weeks later, they um, – my sister went into the hallway. My brother confronted him again. When that happened, they had a fist fight. Again, I don't know what's going on. I was at work. I get home. My best friend comes up and was like, yo, if my nephew comes up here, do not open the door. Long story even shorter, his mother knocked on my door. So what did I do? Open the door. When I opened the door, they grabbed me out. It's about 18, 20 people in the hallway. They jumped me. They tried to shoot my brother. I grabbed the 
Well, I grabbed the arm of the guy who was pulling the trigger. It wound up going in the wall. They turned the gun. He turned the gun on me. I was shot in the face. He tried to shoot me in the execution style. I was on my knees. But I uh, turned at the same time that he was pulling the trigger, so it went off in my face. Um, and, and, and then, you know, I had a bullet lodged in me for eight years. I actually laid on my spine for eight years. And then when I moved here, I was actually on patrol when I would turn to the right and the bullet was protruding up my side of my left side of my neck because it had moved mm-hmm. to the carotid artery in my neck and laid there. So, again, I felt, oh again, that's one of the situations. I'm, I was defenseless in that situation. This man had a gun, and I'm in the hallway, and I'm stuck in the hallway because I was locked out of my apartment right. at that point. I'm stuck in this right. hallway. I had, I had no recourse. You know, and, and by the grace of God, I'm here because God wasn't done with me yet. But, you know, it, it could have gone a whole other way. And this gentleman, exactly. you know, wanted to pay in. He, he he wanted to pain with his own life. He went to jail for 18 years, came home, got into something. He tried to shoot me in the back, by the way, but the uh, gun jammed. He tried to shoot me in the back and tried to shoot me in the back of the head. Well, his headlines in New York when he died was uh, father of how many kids uh, shot in the back of head and back. So he paid with, with karma. Yeah, with karma paid he did. Back. And, you know, and, that, and I wasn't happy about it, and I wasn't, <clears throat> wasn't glad about it at all because that's another life gone. Uh, by gun violence. So again, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't want to be defenseless. So I do, I do believe in the right to bear arms. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know, I wanted you to share that story because, you know, it it wasn't in a club. It wasn't necessarily right. because you were gay. It wasn't whatever somebody yeah. you know decides somebody else's life is less valuable yeah. for. But I wanted you to share that story because sometimes people don't realize in the moment when it's happening, everybody has this, well, you should have and you could have and if you had and if you did. And all of those hindsight conversations go on. But when you are in it, when it's happening, what do you do? Um, How do you handle it? What are the feelings that are going on? What are the thoughts? You know, we ask all these girls, well, how would you feel when you were shot? Mm-hmm. Hell, I felt bad. I was hurt. And it, you know, <laughs> I was bleeding. I, exactly. My life was in front of me. I mean, it's just the dumbest questions that media ask sometimes. But, you know, we ask those questions because these are what people really are thinking. Well, oh, my God, yeah. what did you do? What were you thinking? And so although they're redundant questions, I wanted you to share that because you know what that trauma feels like. The recovery oh, yeah. time that you eight yeah. years a bullet is coming out of the side of your your body when you're at work when you're in 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 uniform when things are going mm-hmm. around you. How do you deal with it twenty years later? How do you deal with it a day later? How you know? So these are the things that people need to realize that it happened. Yes, there is no quick. Well, we're on to healing. It just happened a few days ago. No, we're not. We're right, not healing right. yet. We are still hurting. Right. I still hurt for the people that were shot. I still cry right. midday. I'm working and all of a sudden tears or I see yes. it. Like Sterling said, I had to turn off social media yesterday for a long time because I could not hear one more tragedy. I couldn't hear one more yes. story. It was I so painful. I, I had to, I had to take a break. Yes. Yeah. It, it's Absolutely. too much. You have to unplug. It's too yeah, much. So I wanted, I'm so grateful to you in so, so many ways. Dr. Danny was at our um, um, No Ordinary Love Mass wedding ceremony and um, presented his book that he wrote. And it's just a phenomenal story to walk through the journey of his life. And so we're always glad when you come on with professional and, and um, non-professional. Jeff, she's on again. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. She just disappeared. I don't know. She just wiped out real quick. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's go to a quick commercial break. This has been an amazing, uh, amazing show thus far. We've had um, quite a few people listening from from everywhere, and um, we, we want to encourage you. If you would like to talk or speak and give your reflections, please uh, dial our studio line, 347-826-7520, and hit the one key. We'll see you on the switchboard and bring you in. And uh, hold on, guys. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com. And we're live on Loudmouth Radio. We just went to a quick commercial break. And prior to, we had Dr. Danny, a uh, former Atlanta police officer, speak on uh, his account of being shot and, you know, the conversation about right to bear arms. And, um, you know, as I was listening to you, Dr. Danny, you know, I've heard the story before, but just hearing you, you know, recant that that, that moment, it's amazing um, how, you know, everybody has their different viewpoints. I have my, my permit to carry. Um, but I feel the same way that, you know, it, it really is all about the person uh, having some type of self-control and know when and when not to use their weapon. And, um, you know, in circumstances like this, we've just had, matter of fact, you know, Orlando's, you know, coming off the Orlando shooting, I believe the next day in Houston, Texas, there was a, someone that went into a Walmart and opened fire. Um, and it's just crazy. Uh, you know, to, to hear these things happening repeatedly over and over and over again. And you just wonder, you know, when do we get to a point in which we understand that as a people, how this is affecting us? So um, I actually have a call. Well, I, mean, go I don't know here. if you realize that we've had here in St. Petersburg uh, several more shootings just in the last, in the last few days, too. You know, St. Petersburg on the south side of the St. Pete has been in an epidemic of killings, too. And um, uh, this whole last year has just been tragic here. And this is what I'm saying is that it's not that, you know, and I don't want to lessen how horrific the Orlando shooting uh, is, but I'm just saying is that 92 people a day, in this country are killed by weapons, by guns. And so this is something we have That's to epidemic. address. <clears throat> yes, it is. It is. And I want to bring this caller in, Sterling. Um, I see we have somebody that's calling in um, that has a Orlando uh, prefix. So I don't know if you call, if you tell us your name and, and where you're calling from. Nikki Vasquez, I'm calling from Atlanta. Hey, Nikki. Hey, how you guys doing? Welcome, look, welcome to Loudmouth. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. Well, I, I, you know, I really wanted to communicate about some of the things that we discussed. I heard this. I, I heard the information that they were given about the right to bear arms, and you know, the. Uh, I would like to definitely extend my condolences for 
right. you know, uh, for the fact that she had to, you know, carry a bullet for such a long time. That's a long time to be carrying a bullet inside of you. Um, I'm a um, retired police officer, and I was in a location where it was pretty dangerous for uh, for a female. Um, in 2000, I took a shot. I took, took a gunshot wound to my right leg. Um, oh right now, God. in this day, in this age, um, for our young people, it's 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 dangerous. I don't visit clubs and things like that for for just those type of tragedies that took place over in Orlando. But I had so much additional questions that I had about. Um, their level of evacuation, the the fact that it was walking distance to the hospital, um, how many exits did they have to be able to retreat, you know, in the event that these things were taking place during that time. So I just, you know, I, I haven't done the research and... Nikki, you there, was. You're about to run over a car, the mirror over there. The one over there. <laughs> yeah. Did we lose Nikki? I don't know. I think so. <clears throat> Nikki, are you with us? Do you know what I want? I want to answer. I want to answer what I know about Post. As Sunny said, we a few months ago happened to be in Orlando and went to support um, a wonderful performer that does Janet Jackson um, um, coverage or impersonation. Um, But nevertheless, when we went into the club, when you when you enter in, um, several people have uh, stated how it looks. Me, I am getting to a point where crowds, I've never liked a whole lot of crowds. So it was very, very packed. It was right after the Janet Jackson concert. So it was an overflow of people. So when I went in, um, when we went in, there's a front room. Once you go in, you get checked, you go in, and then there is a front room where they perform. And then there's a bar area in the middle and patio, which I didn't go on to. And then there's a back area. So you have an interest in the front and then you have an exit toward the back, um, from what I understand, by the patio. So for this particular club, there was an entrance and an exit, right? So going forward, in my mindset, and you have a certain time, all uh, merchants have a certain time where they have to be updated and have that chip ready. Right, so right. you have a year, you have six months, you have how many of a months to get into standard? What I propose, what I think, and what I think we need to do as a community is saying, I'm giving you ten to a hundred plus at the door per person. Okay, you do the math: ten dollars times a hundred, and then a hundred is 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 filtering in and out. So you may have three, four, or to four hundred people in a night times 10, 25, 35, 40, 100 in VIP, whatever. That's enough money for you to make separate entrances. You need to have three mm-hmm. exits. I enter in here, I exit here, here's the exit. Here is, you know what, when you come in, let's do it like the airport, like the airplane. 
we might not have pay attention to those people telling us if this happens, da 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 da. But subconsciously, I know when that thing drops down, put it on me first, put it on the child. I know my float is up under my seat, turns into a float. Pull it up. Why do I know that? Because it's constantly being told to me when I fly. When I walk into okay. a uh, um, when I walk into a club, I think what I want now one metal detectors. I need to know who's doing what. If I have a right to carry, my club doesn't allow you to come. Well, then I know don't come. If I know that you know I'm coming in and and people are allowed to have guns, do I want to stay? It's it's my prerogative. But I'm I'm informed. And I think the other part was I think the other thing that she mentioned was the uh, evacuate was one was the evacuation but also the response time and I think that the issue for that and as a former police officer herself I think that um, which what's important to remember is you always want to find out where the shooter is. You don't just right. run in blindly, and I think that that's what took so much time for them to get in there yes. because from what I'm hearing they had sent a, a because he had a device on him so quote unquote so they they were afraid of a bomb. You don't rush right. in, in there. You have to do now. You have to do intelligence. So you on the scene. You can imagine how these parents must have felt on the sidelines, knowing that they're oh my God. right there by the entrance, and they can't get in there because the police can't even go in there because they need to get intel. Because where is this guy, and does he have a bomb? If we run in right. there, what happens? If he blows right. up, we all and then you up. don't even know so if again, there's another person. Help. Absolutely, yeah. Because I heard so one of the so. one of the survivors said that he felt like it was three shooters. One, yes, and most of the, the people said the it noise was one of the guns. Right. Absolutely. Well, right. there was a, actually at one point there was a shootout. So of course it sounds like there's going to be more than one shooter because you got somebody shooting back. This is at the mm-hmm. time at least we're shooting at him. So now you know you're confused, you're scared, you got a lot going on, your adrenaline's pumping, you're not thinking straight. You you're not trained for this. I mean, all this stuff that's happening in that moment, your perception is your reality right then and there, and that was the issue. So I mean, there were so many things that again that people can rip apart as far as well. Well, why did it take them so long to get in? Why did they just rush in? Yeah. It's not that simple. Yeah. It really isn't. And I'm not a SWAT member, now, but I have a very I close friend that is on SWAT. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely agree with that a, a thousand percent. Um, from what I, from what I was looking at on, uh, on uh, social media, was that initially the hospital thought when they heard the gunshot that the mm-hmm. shooter was at the hospital. You know, <laughs> wow. So it kind of so went wow. in, in the yeah. way that the echo was going from, you know, from place to place. It kind of put everybody in, in the lure of panic mode. And right. there are certain certain things that mm-hmm. um certain things that police officers are police officers are designed to be able to do and working in SWAT it is a diff it's a difficult task because there mm-hmm. are sometimes you're gonna go in there and you're gonna be blinded in knowing, hey, which way is the shooter? You know, and exactly. you know, in a in a club environment nobody's saying, Hey, the shooter is you know, three o'clock. Right. You're at three o'clock. Right. You know, right. who's three o'clock? Your three o'clock. Right. My three o'clock. Who's who's three o'clock? How many shooters mm-hmm. are there? Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. So and, right. then, and then you and then it, the layout of the space was tough. Is like they have the area where the entertainers perform and and you know. Um, then the regular there's a dance small area. Erected, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a small erected platform, but then there's a big open space area. It was Latin night. So people were dancing, the music is loud. Mm-hmm. Then you had people that were on the other side on the patio who weren't totally privy 
to to see mm-hmm. what was happening on on the scatter on the inside. I believe one exactly. of the, the victims, uh, I think her name was Amanda. She had a uh, she did a Snapchat right as the gunfire had triggered, and she didn't realize what it was. She, she thought it was it. in the music. Mm-hmm. She thought yeah. it was in the music, and, and you could see we, her face turn. And that's what and we look. do. And that's mm-hmm. what we do. We get em, we get embodied in our places, and then our our spider senses tend, tend to go down. And that's right. Would you know when we go into a place? Uh, initially, when I go in a place, first thing I'm looking for is the evacuation procedures, the emergency procedures. You know, even when I do when I go to McDonald's, but that's just automatic because that's the way that I've been formulated, the way that I've been that's triggered, right. the way that I've been that's taught. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's just the way officers have been taught in their training Absolutely. to be able to know that this man on my left hand side has on a blue shirt, blue pants. He looks like he's uh-huh. in his mid twenties. Da 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 da. You know, that's how right. we're And it's it's a sad thing when we have to condition people in that same format and that same way of thinking that even when they go to a social event, they have to be able to look all around and and know what's going on around them and who has on you know, uh, uh, in, in, in 90 degree weather and, you know, those are things that from the naked eye, we don't usually, that's you know, right. we don't usually check. We don't be like, yo, that's a, we just be like, okay, that's just a weird old way, you know, too much, too many clothes on, you mm-hmm. know, but from an officer's mm-hmm. standpoint, we look at them, we like, okay, that's a person to make it. little guy right here. Cause it's 90 right. degrees outside. They got on a heavy jacket, you know? That type of that type of mentality, and it's sad that we've got to that place and in that mindset in this world. That nowadays, everyone has to be taught with the what did my my kids used to call me? Oh, the the private eye, the the itch eye private <laughs> eye. Where you know where I used up. to ask them where are you where are you going, and they say I'm going to the store. Well, where are you stopping off before you get to the store? What you have right. on? Who you going with? Well, how long are you guys going to be there? What store are you going to? Is that the one that I know the owner for? Blah 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 blah. And they was like, Mom, we're just going to the store to get chips, you know. <laughs> but now it's the time where all of us, you know, have to band together as a community and be able to let our let our people be mindful of just the things that are going on around us. You know, well, unfortunately, a lot of people to... don't want to learn until they become victims, and that is the issue. Absolutely. Like I tell my wife all and the then... time, I've been, I was in law enforcement 18 years for a reason. Now my job is to make sure that you stay safe. You may not have been exactly. law enforcement, but I teach that to my kids. I teach that to my wife because I don't want her oh. driving her jag, her convertible jag, up to the garage and not paying attention to who's in front of the house or on the side of the house or whatever. Don't open that garage door until you get to a certain point. I mean, these are the things that's conditioned to her now, but she understands why I'm that way. Like, oh, no, and you, I'd rather you not a become long, a victim. And and it took such a long yeah. time because I had the same thing. Me and my wife been together for 22 years. And conditioning her to think the way that I think, it took a while because she was like, babe, mm-hmm. I ain't worried about all of that. And then we yeah. had Trayvon Martin. Yeah. You know, I ain't worried about all of that. My best friend Eric from Staten Island, I ain't worried about all of that. And then she's like, wait, hold up, hold up. You know how you used to tell me this, that, and the third? Now show me what, what we need mm-hmm. to do to be able to be where we are yeah. to be mindful. Because what happens is we only, we only become right. mindful when we become victimized. And once we become right. victimized, then we say, okay, now I'm not going anywhere without my mate. But right. this is something that we want to be able to put in place so that people will already have mates in mind before it gets to that point. I believe in the right to bear arms, not because I'm trigger happy, not because I've been shot, That's right. um, That's but right. just because of the fact that 
not only I, I know that in my situation, I'm going to make sure that all the people that are around me, myself included, are all protected because there are some people out there that, that have that mentality mm-hmm. that guns kill instead of people kill. You know, they're thinking guns, yeah, no, guns don't kill, people kill. But if, you're, if you go through these, these less than perfect programs that have given right. you the right to be able to bear arms, and now you have that bully mentality that you have not yet understood. Absolutely. That just because Absolutely. somebody pushed you down and scraped your foot, that doesn't mean you go back and shoot them. You know, that means we have a sad lot fight. We make up, we spit on the, the wounds, we wipe it off, and we love each other all over again. You know, we're not in those times anymore. That's right. It's sad. It's sad. It, it, it's one of those Absolutely. things where you definitely have to be better prepared and be aware. You know, I think that the the most most important thing now is to just be conscious and be aware of your surroundings. Wasn't that Nikki? You was know, that Nikki just speaking? That was Nikki that was speaking. Yes, that was Nikki just speaking. I think she used the perfect mm-hmm. word when she said mindfulness. Man, if we learn how to teach people about mindfulness, being in the moment, uh, not letting your mind be someplace else. If I'm right here, right now, what am I doing? Who's around me? I mean, it's, exactly. it's, it's simple. It's not. It's not hard to learn. It's just a matter of being aware exactly. of your, your, your immediate at that time. Okay, guys, I've got a caller that we got in queue. Caller, you're live. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hi, guys. My name is Monty St. James. How are you? I'm from, from Atlanta. Hi, Monty. Hey, How sweetie. Hi, <laughs> What's going on? How are y'all doing? Your ears should have been ringing. <laughs> Just spoke about you not even an hour ago. <laughs> Monty, we love you. Let me start it out with that. We just love you. This show is all about love. Did I say that to Nikki? Nikki, hey, honey, we love you. I have to say that because, you know, we have to make sure we we throw that in now and not forget it and become complacent about sharing love. So, Monty, we love you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. I love you, too. I appreciate the love. (laughs) Well, we've been... Monty, since you've uh, tuned in, we've actually had an opportunity to speak heavily about some of the things that have taken place, and uh, you know, I, I made a I made a big mention of conversation about you know uh, being in the club, in the, in the entertainment area, in in that arena, and being a you know vulnerable to situations and things of that nature like this, um, and how susceptible things and how. Uh, how important it is going forward. Um, you know, St. Petersburg's pride is coming up. And I'm going to tell you guys, last the weekend before this shooting, you know, unfortunately this did happen, but it's a blessing that it didn't happen the weekend before when it was Orlando's pride, when you had gay days going on, you had Orlando Black Pride with Trish happening down there. So you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people that were in, you know, in confined spaces. You know, the hotels are ran over with people from everywhere, um, you know, that could have easily been prey to the situation, and it would have been far greater fatalities and injuries than it was last weekend. But, Monty, I would love to know, what is your thoughts, you know, uh, you know, being a very prominent figure in the LGBT community and an entertainer and a father to so many, um, as we talked about it, as our gay families, you know, how does this resonate with you? Cool, baby. <laughs> Ironically, um, it kind of hits close to home, not due to the fact that um, not only did I know nine of the victims that have passed, but three of them that were wounded, not on a personal basis, but just through passing and what I do in the LGBT community. The thing that um, 
the thing that I want to speak on the most and how it hits so close to home, I think it's because we were just down there for um, a Black Universe retreat in that very club. A, it couldn't mm-hmm. be any of us. Um, I think a lot of people are being affected by it because not only do we frequent that club on a regular basis, as you said, a lot of the entertainers in the LGBT community of status, they perform on that stage. If you've ever been to Club Pulse, it's not really huge. It's not mm-hmm. a huge um, club at all. So to hear about a fatality such as this, it's kind of like overwhelming because you know mm-hmm. that, okay, we are pretty much shoulder to shoulder in this club already. So to see exactly. something like this happen and transpire, who's safe? You feel me? Right. So right. to know the, the dynamics of the club, to know like the different rooms, to know what the dress room is, to know the other side where, you know, the um, I guess it's like a little private bar area where it's a little mini mm-hmm. stage. Then mm-hmm. it's like two mm-hmm. bathrooms. The men's on one side, the women's on another side. You have people in both of those. You have the patios where pretty much they could have climbed the fence, lucky for them, climbed the fence and get the hell up, out of there. But if you don't know what's really going on, then you're trapped again too. Exactly. That, that's crazy. That's crazy for it me. Is. Um, I don't really even want to get into the details of what should have happened, what could have happened, what about the guns and none of that stuff. I will say this, though. I do think that we take for granted, we take for granted the fact that, A, we are LGBT. I think that nationwide security should be enforced even more now in our clubs because at that club they didn't really have a lot of security. I think they had maybe, like they said, one guy there because it wasn't really that type of club where you had to feel threatened, if you know what I mean. You went, you had a nice time. Absolutely. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that type of atmosphere. But now, for me alone, I can't say that I'm scared because nothing really fears me, but I do think it kind of like tweaked a little feather for me now because I travel alone. And the fact that if you know what I do, you know that I travel with big bags and costumes of that nature and this and the third. I'm never checked. I'm never checked. Right. And the fact right. that there are numerous entertainers that are not checked. There are numerous employees that are not checked. Here's my point with saying that. We don't know what triggered this man, what transpired with this man's mindset. We don't know half of the things that could have went on with this man's thought process of this whole thing. My point is, we don't know the thought process of anybody. I don't know what's going on with you, Sonny, and whoever else is on the line. I don't know what's going on with, with my counterparts, with shows. I don't know what's going on with anybody in the world. But what if one day, just using me for an example, what if one day I just get fed up? I've been doing this for 25 years, and I'm only using this as an example. I've been doing this for 25 years. I'm fed up with the community. I'm tired of the, the lack of love, the tired of the lack of unity. I'm tired of this person talking about this person. I'm tired of this person talking about that person. It's just too much. I've had it. I've, I'm deciding that I want to do something to somebody. You feel me? So instead mm-hmm. of me packing my show stuff, I'm going to go ahead and pack all kind of AKs and ammunition to get back at the community of which I'm feeling some type of way about. Who's going to stop me? You follow what I'm saying? My point is this. 
All right, right. Let's, let's go beyond. Let's go beyond Orlando. Let's move forward. I was just in the gym two days ago. <clears throat> it was me, and pretty much I roll along. Me, uh, this very obviously flamboyant white couple, um, and two other black guys. We were all in there doing the man thing, talking about this, talking about that, blah, 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 blah. This guy comes in. He had on uh, a jacket, uh, looked like three other jackets under there, a whole bunch of other clothes, a scully. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? This is a lot of shit for the sauna. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's just trying to switch some of the fat off. I get it. He goes to looking at his phone. And saying, oh, my God, I wish you'd stop posting all this homosexual ass shit. This said in the third, da 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 So we're looking at him like, are you serious? So he goes wow. on to say, um, he goes on to say, and they're going to fuck around, and I'm going to do something to him. Mind you, he's talking to himself the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> now, I said I was, wow. I'm not, I'm only saying this to you guys because this has got to be said. But anyway, goes on to do different gestures to different people in the club, just, I mean, in the, in, the, in the fitness center, and then walks out of the building. But we were all in the sun at the same time. So we go to tell the um, the management what had happened, da 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 They played it off like it was nothing. Anyway, my point is this. If that guy did that to us in the sauna, and then on the news you're hearing about, you know, people hacking people's accounts to put out threats about clubs in Midtown. This can happen again anywhere. And I think exactly. we take for granted, yeah, we take for granted that it, you know, this is, these are just scares, people are just playing on the Internet. But for me and people that do what I do, that's a scary feeling to go in the club and knowing that you're not secure. Exactly. You feel me? So if it's scary for us going into the club working as employees, how do people that are coming in just being patriots, buying drinks and having a good time, how are they going to feel? So now we're you not know only what's talking so about funny? the club. You know what? We're not only you talking about the club. We're also talking about, you know, gym settings and stuff of that nature. What's really going on here? Right. Go ahead. The vulnerable areas. The vulnerable areas. And you know what's so funny? I thought about this, but I hadn't really made a big reflection, but – I don't remember, Jazz, you can tell me if you remember this, but we were in post in September last year, and it's not uncommon when you go into clubs that people uh, check you, frisk you, or, you know, wand you. I don't remember, um, I don't remember being, uh, you know, checked like that. I kind of want to say, I don't even want to make up a lie and say I can't remember if Jazzy had her purse and if they checked her purse or not. But, you know, this guy walked in shooting um, once he came inside. So, because, you know, when you walk in, you got the, the, the basically the, the where they greet you at for you to pay and all of that, and then you walk in. It's like you go around the wall and you're inside of the open area. So, I, you know, my thing is, like, you know, they didn't check this guy coming in to the club evidently you know we don't we don't really truly know at this point how he opened fire but just circumstances like this like what you're saying that more security enforcement needs to happen from the point of hitting the 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 threshold of the door Mm -hmm. you know Mm um and like you said the entertainers furthermore also everybody needs to be checked because you know most commonly people are not going to come in with large bags Unless you are, you know, one of the performers, or you're, you're working in the 
in the actual establishment itself. So it's just amazing. You think about how, um, you know, I can think about countless clubs that have the one way in and the one way out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I say this to you because, I, you know, as you're coming on, you're basically saying a lot of what I said prior to you coming on, you know, that club owners, people that are promoting events, you know, hopefully, um, you know, the choices that you're making in regards to establishment, that you're bringing other parties of people in, um, you know, because we got friends that, in, like, like in Savannah, that, that through, throw parties or have gay nights, and they're going to other people's establishments. I think we need mm-hmm. to be more conscientious about establishments having one way in and necessarily not having another way out. Um, Absolutely. You know, so if you have an establishment, you definitely need to have, a, you know, an emergency evacuation plan and have it visible. And if you do not have more than one entranceway, then you, you need, need to, to take you need to cut some drywall. You need to cut it. Yeah, it's drywall. time. Have a, it's time. Yeah, you you mm-hmm. can't. You can't. You just can't. You, so yeah. you have to be responsible. And you know, I told Jazz. I said, I wonder, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, the owner uh, Barbara. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, if if Barbara would maintain you know, the establishment and if she would, well, she you know, is, continue to operate. And she says she, she is. She's going to um, continue to operate. I think what they, they are going to expand a little bit. And I think instead of that one, from what she was telling me yesterday, instead of that one entrance, they're going to have two and two exits. So I think you can enter from either the patio now, from which she was right. trying to tell me how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. or the front. So you'd be two things. Mm-hmm. And I commend her on that. I don't think that it should close down like most people I don't can. either. Um, I don't, I don't think that we should be fearful of what the devil is trying to do, and that's and I have to speak from my spirituality standpoint. Um, you you kind of want the devil is always busy. He wants us mm-hmm. to be fearful of of certain things, especially man. But I don't fear man at all, and I hope y'all don't either. So I'm hoping that if anything, we get out of this is a sense of unity. And I know it's tragic to have to go through all of these type of things or go through a death in order to receive that type Appreciate of unity. But sometimes, mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that's the way God works. Okay, well, I've given you opportunity after opportunity to do it on your own, so y'all don't want to listen to me, so hey, boom, we're going to do this. Maybe y'all are listening now. And I honestly feel that after this, it's going to go back, for some people, it's going to go back to the same old way. You're going to go right. back to your selfish, jealous, envious ways, and you're going to do those same dirty things to people that you used to do prior to this incident, and it's going to happen all over again. But the only thing that we can do is pray and be steadfast and immovable and hold on to our beliefs and let our actions speak for us. You feel me? A lot of people speak, exactly. you know, on unity and love and peace and coming together, but they don't do what they need to do on right. a constant They don't basis live it. To yeah. make that it's happen. not a life, you feel me? a life change. Yeah. Yes. And one man mm-hmm. cannot change the world. we got to do this together. So if it takes That's one, two, three people pulling together as a team and a unit to show that we are doing the correct thing, then guess what? That's what it's going to have to do, and hopefully it will spread. I love like that. Mike, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in. Um this so far has been amazing. I know we're going to uh, go to break. I think we had another caller. I do want to say Jermaine Jones, who is, you know, we mention him all the time. He's our son, and he is a sergeant in the Army. And definitely he has been on the forefront of warfare, and he's definitely now taken up 
um, the cause of saying why these guns, the type of guns that were used in this this traumatic event was and should be banned from civilian use. It should never be on the street. So I know we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. Sterling, you're, you're still here. I know you're, you're doing some things with the babies and, and, um, and chilling. But I do want to talk about the filibusters that took place um, with the Democratic Party going up against the GOP when we come back from break. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to call in and respond, add a comment, um, just talk to us in general, 347-826-7520. Press the number one, and we'll bring you in. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Hi, my name is Carolyn McKenzie. I'm founder and president of Mental Health in the African American Community. Suicide claims about 40,000 lives every year in the United States. Traditionally, African Americans have felt that suicide wasn't as much of a problem as it is in other communities. However, a pattern has emerged among African Americans that could contradict reports of low suicide rates among blacks. Mental Health in the African American Community is a national nonprofit organization based in Stockbridge, Georgia. I started this agency because my niece had a mental breakdown and stabbed me and killed herself. We are doing something. Every Monday night, we have an open discussion called Let's Talk About It. Please come check us out at 125 Eagles Landing Parkway, Suite 121B in Stockbridge, Georgia. For more information, call 770-873-4496. That's 770-873-4496. Or visit our website, mhiaac.org, mhiaac.org. Are you ready for the best pizza, wings, subs, salads, desserts, and more? Stop by Pizza Day at 5248 North Henry Boulevard in Stockbridge, Georgia, open seven days a week. Contact us for your daily lunch and dinner specials. You can like us on Facebook at It's a Pizza Day. Also, make sure you visit our website at itsapizzaday.com and order online. Delivery is also available, and if you haven't heard, let them know that you heard this on Loudmouth Radio. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. All right, and we're back live. Uh, just came off commercial break on Live Mop Radio. Fantastic Fridays with Jazzy Sterling and Sonny. We're speaking on Orlando shooting on this episode of a Freedom Friday conversation, and we're diving in on pride, not prejudice. And uh, we've had an amazing interactive show today, Jazz and Sterling, in regards to many yes. people calling in and listening from all over the world about, you know, the circumstances that we've been facing and. You know, ironically enough, majority of all the feedback today has come from the LGBT community on this call today, um, you know, on our live show. And I, I just think that it's so important. So, you know, for our listeners, if you've had, uh, you just plugged in, came in at different parts of this show, we will be available for archives about 10 minutes after the show is complete. Um, we're actually in over 5 million in-car dashboards on Stitcher Radio, over 20 million iPhone and Android users just through that app alone. As well as we're a part of the content that TuneIn Radio, with over 50 million active listeners, are pushing out to their their app parties and uh, iTunes as well. So, of course, you can always go directly to loudmouthradio.com and hear all the good stuff that we have going on at Loudmouth with two Ds, loudmouthradio.com. 
And I'm just glad to say that we're reaching over a quarter million people every week through all these different applications and through our online content. And it's just a blessing to be available and be online today. So I want to allow you, Jazz, I know you and Sterling were going into some of the political conversation about some of the things that are uh, taking place. Um, we do actually have a caller that wanted to say something, and I know we went on a commercial break. Oh, yeah, break caller, today. come on in. We we have about 25 more minutes to have a conversation, so, yeah, come on in. Listener, you're, caller, you're actually live. You're on Live Off Radio. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Uh, yes. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, uh, this is uh, uh, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Oh, hey, Brandon. Hey, y'all. I- I'm doing great. I so miss you guys. Oh my uh, God! It's a pleasure to hear we your voice. We are honey. so honored to have this this man right here. For everybody that does not know Brandon Maddox, he is like the next president somewhere in our future. <laughs> he is the most amazing individual. His passion for um, activism and social justice is incredible. Seriously, we miss you so much. We know you're like slammed busy in Atlanta and and just making sure that the LGBT community and and communities at large are doing well. So Brandon, we love you. My God, this is an honor to have you on now. my radio talk, Brandon talk. We we will get together for for too soon I mean it. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quick. Uh, that th- thanks for that, and I, and I appreciate all. Uh, it really takes all of us doing uh, whatever we can to help make our community better because the work is tough and is not is is too big for just anyone's shoulders, mine, yours, mm-hmm. or anybody's. But but mm-hmm. but together, I've always said I say it to everybody. Together we can. Together yes. we can. Um, yes. What I what I wanted to, to say really quickly is that um, I have been um, uh, meditating on on the on the verse that ends of Romans and says. All, all things come together for the good of those who love God and are called according to this uh, to His purposes. Mm-hmm. And that that causes when tragic things happen. Yeah. That, that that caused me that faith that there is some good in this. Uh, right. As horrible as, right. horrible as horrible as it may be, there there is some good in it because I believe in that passage. And so I just mm-hmm. ran over the week like, what good has has is in this or can be in this, and I think that'll lead into you, to your discussion. I'll be quick. Is that I'm seeing uh, almost a no nonsense call for uh, for uh, for gun legislation like I've never seen before. It's like yes. okay, we're yes. not debating anymore. Get the ish done. That's it. The, the, it's about yeah, doing the, something now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the ish done. And I think other mm-hmm. people are, well, we're, we're not having a debate anymore. It's over. Yeah. Uh, so, I, mm-hmm. so I like that. So the tone the tone towards the uh, safer gun legislation has changed. And I and I think yeah. that, is, that, is, that is a good thing. The other thing, the other beautiful thing that I'm seeing is that uh, black and brown uh, LGBT people are feeling out of this the uh, the the courage and a purpose to be out and and be free and and live in authenticity because mm-hmm. all of all of us our time is running out and and it just doesn't make sense when you look at the waste of the precious time that you have left worrying about what other people think of you mm-hmm. like. You know, and so I, I just uh, look forward to the beauty that's going to come out of that. I, I've heard from several people who are like they're they're out to uh, people. They're not out to their family. 
or they're not out at work and they to believe in being discreet. I'm hearing them as like, oh, no, I, I ain't got time to be worrying about what other people's opinions of me. I'm going to do right. me. And so I, I love that. And the third thing that I, that I look forward to seeing developing is that I'm seeing uh, a, almost like a breaking down between the barrier within black and brown communities between straight and LGBT. I've, mm-hmm. I've always, I've, I, I tell my brother all, all the time, is that I'm black first. When Thanksgiving right. and Christmas, when Thanksgiving and Christmas come, who am I with? Black people, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it's, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm out. And I think that I've helped um, uh, people begin to see that. I, I think that I love the way it's, it's presented in the movie An Empire. That Jamal's story is mixed in with everybody else's story. You know, right. and I said it's all like, oh, this gay, this gay story. No, it's mixed in, and 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 that's the way I see it. And I think that. For, for some but not all, this tragedy is hitting, you know, the black community, and they're beginning to say, like, hey, these people are our brothers and sisters. We need to embrace mm-hmm. them, you know, that that they are that we are them and they are us. And so I, I look Absolutely. forward to seeing that, that, de- that development, what can come out of that. And so uh, if that is, if that is, what, is what's going to come out of this, then I would say that what happened uh, last weekend was not a tragedy but a sacrifice. I like that. I like that. Uh, it's an unfortunate it. one for um, those that are left behind to deal with the loss. Most definitely we're not insensitive to that. But as you stated, it is, we, we in order to go forward, you have to find good somewhere, or you can't make it. It is so, it's so overwhelming. And, I mean, that's just the best word to use. It's so overwhelming. It's surreal to think that, you know, things like this continue to happen. Um, over and over, and we have to continue to deal with the pain of it all. But for those that are are left behind to deal with the loss of their loved ones, um, and that includes all of us, that includes everybody who knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody, um, but to find the good somewhere and to find, uh, as you said, the the legislation and the and the political powers that are placed in position to make a change have now decided, okay, we're not going to have the meeting to have the meeting to talk about the meeting when we're going to have the meeting and again about right. the meeting. Now it's time to make a change. And so, Brennan, if you will say, first of all, I want you, I want everybody to know the organization that you represent so they can know the passion, the power behind what you say. And then I want us to talk about the filibusters from it. So I would love for you to say um, our next president in, in 27,000. Um, I want you, <laughs> I want you to stay online if you can um, and chime in on that um, because I think it's important for us to talk about what the legislature talk about, what our military um, veterans and those that are still serving, what they feel about these weapons being in the hands of the wrong people. But qu- very quickly, tell us the organization that you represent. Uh, well, I'm always involved in something. Right now, yes. I've over the past year, I've been actually building a business uh, to help uh, uh, support uh, black businesses in our community and connect them with nonprofits, so that they so that um, our, our for-profit and nonprofit can our for-profit can generate wealth in our community and mm-hmm. share it with our nonprofits, so that nonprofits can uh, can have the resources to really begin tackling some of our, our collective issues. Uh, and it, it does not stray away from the philosophy that I began with, and I call it love under fire, is that when, yeah. you, lead, uh, when you lead 
with love and truth, uh, love for yourself, love for others, love for the work that you do, and you do it with, with truthful principles, that you, 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 got, you get some kind of power that I can only describe as holy power. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and can nothing stop you. And so that, that I haven't strayed away from that. I love it. I love it. Well, Sterling, are you still with us? I know he's back there somewhere. I'm right here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I just, Sterling, I, 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 I've been enjoying everybody talking this week because I normally get, I feel like some weeks I get on the soapbox and start talking about everything. And I was just enjoying everybody else's feedback. Isn't it so wonderful? It is wonderful. But I need you to get on the soapbox because we got to talk okay. about these filibusters. Well, one of the first things I wanted, when we were talking about guns for a second, you know, uh, it was so interesting. One of our earlier callers was talking. Don't forget, you know, we got all riled up when, we don't forget, when John Lennon got shot. We've yes. gotten riled up before, you know, and that's what, you know, I agree that this, I think it's like shit or get off the pot is the expression. Right, right, you know, right. Let's get off the pot and get this stuff done. Instead mm-hmm. of talking about it, can we, you know, you're not taking my right to bear arms away. We're talking about certain weapons. Do mm-hmm. I need to be able to carry a gun around with me to the Rays game or to my church that I can mow down the whole damn congregation? <laughs> exactly. No. No. Exactly. I don't. Exactly. So when you're asking me to get on that soapbox, I'm going to tell you, it is idiotic. Our forefathers, when they were talking about this, it was because they were afraid that we would not be able to defend ourselves against another orange hair dryer. Right, right. At the time, it was a powdered white wig. Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. fighting against a powdered white wig. Now we're exactly. fighting against an orange hair dryer because I swore <laughs> I would mention them this week. But yes, it I'm was so proud tyranny. Of the reason we have the right to bear arms is so that we do not fall back into the tyranny of a dictatorship, a king, or an absolute monarchy. And that is the reason we have this. So that we, it's mm-hmm. not for hunting. These people talk about that they need these guns for hunting. Hell no. This is so that we can stop tyranny. Well, hopefully, if they get off their fat asses and quit worrying about who's, uh, about Kim Kardashian's, what she's stripping down for this week to show her (laughs) ass and get out there and vote and register and pay attention to what's going on, like Danny said. Stay in the moment. Let's be right. in the moment. Right. Be aware of your surroundings. Quit being dumbed down. We are being mm-hmm. dumbed down. We don't even know what's going on because we're so used to having our nose watching the Kardashians. 
or watching some other unreal reality. The Real Housewives of Atlanta, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the Real Housewives of Orange County, the Real Housewives of Mars. I don't care about the Real Housewives. We said all the time they did a dish. I am, I am a real housewife, and nobody's watching me. So, you know, I agree. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I agree with, with Sterling, and this is why I said it's important for him to get on his soapbox because sometimes we, you know, everybody has a lane that they're very strong in. And from a, well, he's just brilliant anyway, and that's why we have him on our show. But. You know, the beautiful thing is it is important that if sometimes, like I I told you and I will continue to tell you, I love social justice. I love the things that politics is supposed to do, not the the foolishness of politics, Um, but I love uh, laws that are in place that help our society to be the best that we can be and putting people in the positions to represent us well. However, in this last year, I have been so grieved at the foolishness and the representation of my country that I could not really truly, as I have once done, I would have been at the TV every day. I would have been at every rally, every campaign, every everything. And so I have not been able to handle it because it has grieved me so much that you would take a position um, as important as our presidency and as important as our senators and state representatives and mayors and all of the other titles that lead our people into positive change or should be. And so it has really been one of those things that I've had to hear a lot from Sterling. I've had to research some because we are media and so we have to cover certain things. But I'm telling you, it is important to hear um, history. It's important to hear where we've been, where we are, and where we should be wanting to go. And if we're not, you know, to have um, giants like a Sterling, giants like a Brandon and and Dr. Dan and Nikki, Sonny, myself, and so many others, to hear us to give you hopefully things that are going to be life-changing and thought-provocative is is really key. But, you know, yesterday, honey, the Democratic Party said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stand on this floor, which is called a filibuster. They stood on the floor and said, "Uh uh-uh. We are not getting off this floor until we just cannot say another word. And then when I sit down, the next person is going to get up. So for 15 hours, do y'all hear what I'm saying? 15 hours on Thursday, they took over the floor. You hear me? They got up and made speeches. I don't know. I can't think of the name of the movie, Brendan or or Stella. Do you remember the movie when, um, oh, what's his name, got up and showed what a filibuster was when he stood up and he spoke and he spoke and he spoke. And he spoke, and they wanted him to sit down. But as long as I got the floor, baby, I'm going to keep speaking. I don't think it was Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, but I want to, I've been thinking of Mr. Smith Goes right. to Washington. What is, but what was the actor? He's so, he was so amazing. It's an old black and white. I'll find it. But, you know, it's important for us to know how it works. It's important for us to know how the government works and what we can and we cannot do. So when we're putting people in the position to go represent us, we need people who are courageous enough to take the floor, who are courageous enough to speak truth according to how the people that have put them in the position 
see it and want it to be. And at this point, black, white, gay, straight, Indian, Chinese, Hispanic, and Lord, if I left anybody out, y'all know I'm including you because we are one. But we are now tired. I'm tired of being a mother and thinking about how my sister mother feels and my and, and my brothers who are fathers, uncles, aunties, and all of the other titles feel to lay their children in the ground. I'm sick of knowing how to empathize and be in the shoes of a parent who lays their child to rest. It is unthinkable. My daughter died, I said it many, many times on this show, I buried a baby. I put a child in the ground, and though she was not radically taken, I wish that on nobody, not even my worst enemy, okay, which I don't have that many that I know about, but the ones that I do, I would never want you to know what it feels like to bury a child, to much less have somebody take my child violently by the use of a gun that should be only used if, and now I I just think we don't have to do wars, but since we do, that's the only place that that should be used. Period. Absolutely. Period. Do I need to kill a deer with how many rounds at a time? I understand the sport. I mean, I understand the, my father had a gun, you know, shotguns and would go out where I was in Ohio, and we had the farm in central Ohio. I mean, I understand the sporting with rifles. But, but what your father did not have an AR-15, um, Sterling. He did not have I something that could go up to upwards to 60 rounds per minute to kill a deer, to kill a bear, not, to kill well, a rabbit. It's like, it's like taking, okay, you know Myron loves to fish. It takes the thrill of, you know, the sport. I mean, this is, you're supposed to be doing a sport. And, you know, and there's a thrill to that. And there's, you know, man against animal or man against beast. You know, I just don't think that that that, that is part of it. You know, I mean, I, right, I just right. don't see these automatic weapons as part of the play of either the sport or what what Benjamin Franklin and and Thomas Jefferson and our forefathers were thinking. I just do not when they were a, a when they were trying to get away away from the oppression of King George, and they were gave us the second. Obviously, it was important to them because it's the Second Amendment mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the right to bear arms. I think that it, it was a different time. Our country is much older, and and we've become so much more advanced with our weapons. And mm-hmm. I don't think that I think we need to be able to defend ourselves against tyranny. But I think it's by education, uh, right. mostly, and love today, and making sure that we address the fact that instead of being dumbed down. You know, the, the freedom of the press, the fact I, ha- I have to go off on the press. One of the things that I've hated this week and another reason I had to turn it off is I can't stand how some of these reporters ask questions mm-hmm. that to me are absolutely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have to go back to being human and loving 
And, and you know, it's like what you said about at the beginning of the show, love wins. And this right. is a show about love. And we've got to educate our children to respect life. You know, I, I feel that this young man that went into this club, when I listened to his father and and stuff, I you know, and, and just and that it that it was probably his teachers have been talking about that it, it has been from an early age that he was getting in trouble in school. I mean this mm-hmm. man needed a hug. I mean this man needed <laughs> Seriously. Love. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. And you know what? And, and, and I just and think that that's where our society has failed and we're failing. Yeah is we are not teaching our children to respect life and That's how so valuable true. and to love and to be in the moment, like where they were talking about knowing our surroundings. It's just walking, like I said, going out into the park and seeing the, how beautiful. I mean, it is so, we are so blessed to have this life and to feel and to smell. And, I mean, I have a little baby puppy right now. And to watch its little ears perk up and its little tail mm-hmm. wags when it hears a bird and the things that go on, the squirrel run across in front of it, and it dashes to go get the, the squirrel. I mean, I think we have forgotten, like I said, by being so enwrapped in the Real Housewives of Atlanta and the Internet and celebrity and wealth and greed yes. that we forget Lifestyle. about the simple things. Right. Guys, we got we have two callers in queue. I'm going to bring in our first caller. we got about six minutes left, so I'm going to ask you guys to tell me where you're from and tell us your name and try to get your question or statement out as quickly as possible. You're live on Loudmouth Radio. Welcome. Hi, this is Brian. How are you? Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Welcome. I thank you for having me to the show. I get a chance to um, listen to you guys uh, on the program while I'm at work. I'm actually a daycare provider. I've got uh, kids at all age. But, uh, guys, I was in the parking lot um, last week when the whole situation went down, and I actually had two oh friends goodness. at work. I was one of the – I wasn't inside, but I was in the parking lot. Outside. I was actually – I was waiting on somebody, and we were getting ready to go in. It was it was the most traumatic. The video that you see on television cannot even compare to what it sounded like or or felt like. Um, just the mass running of people and the confusion. It, it was brutal. And two of my friends were actually inside, and and they saw some stuff that hadn't even made it to the news yet. I'd love to share that with you. Oh, please if you would go ahead, Ryan. Please do. Well, they they said when they were in the Pulse nightclub. First of all, they, they kept telling me that they believe, and I've heard this from more and more people as I watch the news stations, is that there was more than one shooter. Now, you're seeing that on some outlets, but I don't know if they want people to feel secure that they got the guy. But um, mm-hmm. we have a friend, um, and, and he, he does drag shows and stuff. His name is Eli, Eli Huey. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, famous for doing what he did in Central Florida, especially around Kissimmee. But long story short, he was in there. And my buddy said that when he got shot, and he was hit four times in the chest, that the, um, the power of the rifle, of the gun, and, and the trajectory of the bullets hit him so hard that when he was shot in the middle of the dance floor, he shit out a condom. Wow. I mean, he pooped out a condom. So there had been a condom lodged up his ass for probably months, and he didn't even know about it, but it was so devastating that it, that it came right out. 
get uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, well, and it, 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 that's only on loudmouth radio. I don't want to get I don't want to get off on that. Keep going. So, Keep anyways, going. sure, sure. So it, it was one of those scenarios where, when the confusion. Um, hits and, and you don't know exactly where you're going. Well, we, we had two friends that were in there. My other buddy was in the men's room when this was going on, so he didn't see anything, but he heard it. Problem and injuries he sustained were so severe that uh, he'll be in the hospital for a while. He had his cock through a glory hole, and when the bullets started going, someone bit his dick off. They're not sure if they're going to be able to attach it. Now, what he did say is if he could get a donor cock, and there's a black dick out there, that that might be better... Okay, so you guys already know. Um, I was just telling Sterling, I'm monitoring this guy. And, of course, you know, I just went on ahead and politely deleted him right on off because he's yeah, been Yeah, so we always, you know, hey, it's it's an online, it's an online yeah, radio man. show. And, we, so we have and these are the caller. things. We got about four minutes. <laughs> we got about four minutes. So I want to allow this other caller to come in. Call you live on Live Off Radio. Let us know your name and where you're calling from. Hi, it's Seth. I'm calling from Lutz, Florida. Hey, hey Seth, Seth you welcome got about, to the show. You got a few minutes, honey. Welcome to the show. What was, what was that last call about? I didn't get it. It was a joke. It, it was, was a horrific one. Though, but... That's what it's called. Well, I, didn't <laughs> find it, I didn't find it funny. I, I, I know people that were there. Yeah, it, it was terrible, honey. Go ahead. Okay, I thought maybe that was one of the people on your show joking. No, and we would Not never allow such... Never allow such, and that's why he was cut off so quickly. But welcome to the show. Now, and when we're li- you have to realize this is a live talk show. We're talk radio, and we allow people in. And so that's part of where you get the jerks in. And right. I guess they think that they can say whatever they want. You know, it's, again, it's, why, it's what happened in Orlando. It's somebody it's cool. that they can, they can take pot shots at it. Yeah, they right. call it. They're they're called trolls. Exactly. Well, I, I don't think there's anything to joke about, and I think it's very serious as to what happened in there. And if if it's true that that one of these people actually shit out a condom when they were shot, I think I might have a few condoms in my ass. How can I get those out? Is there a different way to, to pull them out and with a coat maybe? I knew you were going to be one too, Steph. Or <laughs> is, there, is, there, Goodbye. is there a possibility? Can you? Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, both of those guys came on right at the same time. And, uh, you know, this is this is the wonderful thing about, you know, our show. We can monitor and, and, and uh, allow, um, like Sterling said, for people to come on and speak in regards to uh, their thoughts. And, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I have to honestly say that I expected a call. I really did. And, you know, both of those calls came in right at the same time. So, you know. Was it the same area code? Actually, the first call was 412, and the second call came from from St. Petersburg. It was the 727 number. And let let me tell you what's so funny. Let me tell you what's so funny. What people don't realize is when they call in, we have your phone number. Okay, so if you're still listening to the show and we gave out your phone number and everybody contacted you and found you, wouldn't it be horrible? So be very careful how well, you call. Well, I, I actually think that Sonny should, I mean, Sonny, I'd actually give that one number to the officers 
if you want to, if you want to forward it to me, because this is back to what we were talking about. This is one okay. of the things that we do have to do. That I do feel that where we were talking about this young man needed love, and this love, this man needed more attention, and people needed to pay attention to the signs that was that was happening around them. That might that you know we can all be. Uh, what is it, Monday, what is it, you know, Monday quarterbacks, I don't know the expression. It's Sunday, yeah. you know, it's well, not Sunday morning, isn't it, Monday morning quarterbacks? Exactly. The after the game that they, people talk about what should have happened at the game is that we can look at this in, in Orlando and say they should have, could have, would have, all, all and into the blue moon, you know, so it's, but we, I do think that people need to be aware of what's going on. And I'm not saying that in a paranoid sense. I'm just saying that, you know, if you see something that is suspicious or if you see some, somebody like this that is, is harassing, uh, you know, the community, I do think that they need to be, you know, on a watch list to a degree. To a degree. Well, Sterling, I mean, we, we're done now, guys, and I appreciate everyone. I appreciate everyone for listening. We've been live on Live Mouth Radio. Sorry about that, Sterling. Um, but that was our cue. We're going out. We've uh, exceeded our time for today. But thanks to everyone that's called. Thank and, you. And uh, to the two assholes, thanks for showing the world just how easy it is to be an asshole. So we thank you guys vividly on Live Mouth Radio for tuning in. And that just lets you know our reach is dynamic across the world. Love y'all. Love and light. Love you. Love you. It's still all about love. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network.